Ho, 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 ho. What can I get you? Hey, Santa. A pony and an iPhone for my mom. She really wants one. That's a lot. Look, at Metro, they'll give you an iPhone success just for switching. Charlie Jingle Bells. I should switch to Metro. It's smart. You should. Get this unbelievable deal under your tree. Switch and get an iPhone 6S on us. Hurry, because deals this good don't last long. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Not valid for current T-Mobile network numbers or numbers active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. I nearly started the outro there. I was just going to go, and I have been fireball. Fucking hell, that went quick, didn't it? <laughs> Hello, Internet. I'm Fireball. And I'm the Orbiter. And welcome to Breaking Bollocks, episode 19. I felt like a really pumped up intro there. You're not capitalising on that at all. I'm just trying to make you feel uncomfortable. You're doing a brilliant job. <laughs> we are live streaming this like we did uh, last time. Mm. Uh, for people on the stream, if you're confused as to why there's no episode 18 and this is episode 19... Because we uh, haven't edited it yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's not out at the time of recording, which is 24th Although, of August. It is already out in its uncut version on Patreon. Yeah, plug that shit. But, um... <laughs> right. This is going brilliantly already. Follow up. Follow up. I've got something that links in with our topic that I'll talk about later. Let's okay. do a past topic as well. Go on then. Uh, should we just launch straight into the topic? No bullshit beforehand. I think it's no, a bit late for that. No PNG ping debates. I think it's a bit late for that. It's already too late for that, yes. Yeah. Uh, Follow-up, is it specifically for podcast uh, type stuff? Not necessarily. We can... Uh... So, I could bring something up re-game night then. I, I suppose, yeah, you could bring up channel news. Okay, so, game night. I have I, I been... I don't know what this is about. I have been... Um, mul- a multitude of times I've been accused of... of um, yeah, of accidentally weird. cheating. Um, yes. Accidentally cheating? Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. And and had to oh, pay the shit. price for that. <laughs> oh, I know what's next now. Well, somebody pointed out to me on Facebook regarding our post-it notes game about the round with Johnny Depp mentioned. Yeah, but it wouldn't have helped you anyway. That's not the point. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I know, but you would have you would have used that against me. No, I wouldn't, because would. I wouldn't have thought to look it up, like just as you didn't. <laughs> Especially if it was found out after we recorded. So, uh, accidental cheating's okay as long as it doesn't as give you an unfair you... advantage. As l- yeah. Right, I'll, I'll remember that. I'll keep that one in my back pocket then. I mean, I've got to now go back through all the all the incidents of accidental cheating where it hasn't. Um, well, in all the favored. cases that that you... wasn't cheating, in um, what was it? Democracy, political animal. Polit- political animal. democracy was uh, democracy free was a co-op, so you can exactly animal, cheat. Right, yeah. in apart that... from just being a politician. Yeah, in that one, that was that that, that wasn't cheating. I just played the game. Yes. Anyway, this debate's old. Let's get on with it. But you unknowingly gave yourself an advantage, you white privileged fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just feeling an aggressive mood today. I've given it away, haven't I? What? 
the subject of the podcast. Oh, yes. Today we will be talking about democracy and all the problems that come with it. All of them. Not necessarily every single one. We might be um, <laughs> beginning to get to, like, uh, what would it be? What course would study that? What? Philosophy, maybe? Sociology. I don't know. Am I right in assuming democracy was a Greek invention? Yeah, but probably not in the way that you're thinking. How do you know the way I'm thinking? Well, for one, that wasn't really democratic. What wasn't? Greek democracy. What was it then? Well, women couldn't vote, so that's half the population just gone. Uh, so it's not a fucking democracy if it's yeah, not but all the people. Kids can't vote now. We will get into that, actually. Okay. Right. Animals can't vote. Yeah, but... Animals <laughs> I'm sorry, means people, on. right? Does it? Shall we look it up? It sh- should mean... Or it means many or all. Something. Demos. Yeah, that's not going to help. That's a think tank. Demos. Etymology. Definition. The common people of an ancient Greek state. The populace of a democracy as a political unit. Fine. Right. Well done. You should go for etymology because that's better to understand where it comes from. I'm sorry. You pleb. Anyway, the first thing that I want to talk about is Brexit. Yay. Oh, whoop. Because uh, recently, and I don't know if by now this thing would have been announced, there's been a lot of talk about a people's vote, a second referendum, more on what deal we actually want, which is way too fucking late, considering that I, uh... the deadline that's meant to be for actually negotiating the thing is October. So they would have to postpone the whole thing and go... Hang I on, we're having a second vote. We need to sort this out. I saw something interesting today, which I... I know what kind of arguments people might use against this point, but they would be the same sort of arguments that religious people use against reason, reasoned logic that... Yeah. You know, you know the kind of argument that people... Anyway, the, the thing that I saw today was... Um, should it not be kind of almost automatic that we do have to hold a second referendum, bearing in mind that we now know that yeah. um, Russia yeah. meddled in the in the campaigns. And, I mean, they did to... I, I don't know... It was all about the Twitter bots. Yeah, there's the that, but there's also uh, quite possibly uh, the Trump administration uh, definitely influenced... Actually, before it was an administration, Trump's advisors, I think Steve Bannon's very uh, in with Nigel Farage, so he influenced a lot of that. And through a lot of shady dealings with random data companies, just yeah. that people are like, hang on, why does this thing exist? Oh, it exists only to do this thing. I was like, oh, wait, that's a bit suspicious. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of things when you find There's out. The whole thing with work. Cambridge Analytica, I think. Yeah, that was something to do with Facebook as well, wasn't it? That? Yeah. But they also like went through a really obscure Canadian data company. I think, to be honest, all, all, all the kind of things that, that um, go along those lines, the scandals that come out of data usage and stuff, 
and data manipulation and, and information technology related stuff don't seem to me to have their roots in something unreasonable. It's just the extent to which they've been allowed to develop. They've just kind of gone too far. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's perfectly reasonable to assume that you that you could usefully use data to um, analyze and... Mm. I mean, you know, people use it in marketing all the time. Just before we get into this more, do you think there should be a second referendum yourself? With also the options for a deal with, like, second choices where it's like, oh, well, we don't want a deal, we want a hard break, we want a soft break, or we just want to remain, so say... I don't We're think both that, Remainers, probably. I can't vote, but I It's a difficult be a question Remainer, because so, I, don't, I don't think there should have been a first referendum. Yeah. Um, but So we would probably put our first choices as Remain. Mm. But second choice, like the sort of, if this doesn't win, then we would want to be in a soft Brexit because it would be the best thing salvageable, I think. It's, it's a really immature way to think of it, but I kind of... I kind of I there's a there's all there's a part of human um psychology that loves scandal and loves um gets excited by the whole kind of process that's involved you know I mean I stayed up all night watching the results coming into the first referendum and it's a really childish way to think of it but yeah. I kind of fancy doing that again and seeing what would happen but. And we can finally do our all-night breaking bollocks on that. Oh, yeah, we, we should do that, actually, if there is one. Better yeah. than Channel 4. <laughs> well, we could do that at the next general election, anyway, if you want. Yeah, it's probably going to be in two weeks. <laughs> when do, Is Parliament reopened again yet? I don't know. I, don't. I know they have a summer recess, don't they? I, I was kind of, for a while, I've been expecting that that's when it's going to all kick off. I mean, by the time this is actually out and not, on the stream, and it yeah, should. This is going to be twentieth of September, right? So nine eleven's passed. <laughs> yes, or eleven nine if you're British. Yeah, but it's generally referred to as nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of I've seen people comparing it to like, oh well, if my football team loses a match at the weekend, I don't ask them to redo it. No, like, but they get to play another match. The they next do week. get to play another <laughs> match, and that actually the next in, season probably with that team in, in Scotland. There's two, and there's two of the same of two of every match in every season because it's yeah. it's a smaller league, and football is way more inconsequential than the future of the fucking country. You knobhead. <laughs> I'm sorry that football's so interesting to you, and it means like the fucking. Are you talking to somebody can, in particular here? No, I saw someone on Twitter go. And I just wanted to go, fuck off. Because <laughs> I get annoyed at people on Twitter. <laughs> That's what Twitter's for, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It's for people... Uh, it was interesting that the uh, the Twitter bot thing that was going on about... Um, I mean, like, obviously, it's in Russia's best interests. It didn't actually say... See, what it was a Guardian article that I was reading, um, right. and it referenced... It was an opinion article, and it basically was it was talking about the prospect of a second referendum, and it was saying surely we should now now that we know that Russia was involved in the in the whole thing that yeah. we should have definitely have one. But the link that 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 part where it said Russia was definitely involved was a link, and you clicked through, and it went to some. Um, it doesn't actually mention Russia in the article that it um, references. 
But anyway, it, it referenced um, there's evidence there's there's evidence been unearthed that there was a massive twi- Twitter bot campaign. Yeah, it well, doesn't actually mention that that, that came from Russia, but the um, tactics employed by that Twitter bot campaign they can't actually influence because they were they were on both sides um, uh, the Twitter bots. What they think that that they were trying to do was to raise the. Um, polarization of the debate basically because you get that um bubble yeah. effect where you, you're just strengthening the argument on both sides so you're turning a country against it so you can basically get two bots arguing against each other just to make it appear that it's more divisive well no and i mean, make it, people think of the other side as but it, worse it's more wide-ranging than that i mean it's like hundreds of thousands of bots that are programmed to respond to each other and to members of the public but basically to follow each other's kind of prompts and and raise the fever pitch if you like i suppose yeah of debate um not specifically to argue against um someone's position on twitter but more to i suppose stoke the fire of, of their point of view but that's not the only... I mean, if we have enough random, there's bound to be bots influencing that as well. Because there is in pretty much everything now. That's age of the internet. It's kind of hard to... We've got a bot on the chat right now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not actually posting anything. Cause... No, but it, it will. If somebody follows, yeah. it'll welcome them. But it's not posting, like, die scum, <laughs> something like that. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I would possibly think about going with somebody else other than Stream Elements if it started doing that. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, but I, the other reason... I feel I like this cup's too big to put strong coffee in, but carry on. ...is how the negotiation is going is just... It's being handled with absolute incompetence. I mean, it is a difficult process, but... Like, they've had the Foreign Secretary and the Brexit Secretary secretary leave before that actually finished. Yeah. So now they've got a new guy, Dominic Rabin. I mean, before the referendum, there was a bus, a famous bus, which was uh, saying, we'll send £350 million to the the NHS instead of uh, the EU, which... The campaign itself couldn't back up. It doesn't actually have any control over that. But they've now said that they're going to fund things like that using taxes on Facebook and something else. Can't remember. And oh, yeah, and, and pay the BBC licence fee as well. Now, we're, they're saying, oh, don't worry, we might not run out of sandwiches. <laughs> it's like the tone there has dramatically shifted. We're stockpiling medicines just in case, and they're publishing <clears throat> booklets for how people can cope with a no-deal Brexit, because it's seeming like a very likely option at this point. Not necessarily but even an option. I think a lot of that is um, negotiation tactics, trying to make it look to Europe like we're prepared and we, we would go through with it. fucking not. <laughs> it's very fucking obvious to anyone that has two fucking <clears throat> eyes and ears. Hmm. I get very angry over this. Sorry if I'm... Uh, Raising my voice a little. Whatever fuck that voice is. <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting few months, I think. Why do we put so many twats in charge? So I thought all... Well, there's only one explanation for that, is that there are so many twats. 
Yeah. We we need Generally. to educate <laughs> people better on politics at like early stages. I feel because is, is that not what you're doing? What we're doing? Well, I pay attention to the <clears throat> news. Other people my age probably don't. And when you were younger, you've had even less information to access. Mm. Like you couldn't get your news from social media. You had to watch the six o'clock news or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a BBC or ITV, basically. <laughs> so now we've got like uh, all the newspapers, which hundreds of different news channels, probably. Yeah. All the satirical, like late night stuff that does have a comedy spin on it, but also tells facts. See, the equivalent of that back in my youth was stuff like not the nine o'clock news. Um, Rowan Atkinson and all that, but they were basically just. It was almost like I mean, to me, it was um, it was taking the piss and spitting image as well. It was taking the piss out of politics, but it was almost like it was so laughable um, that you couldn't really take it seriously. But the, I think the difference with the satirical kind of chat news stuff, like the, this week tonight and last week tonight, last week tonight, and and the Daily Show and stuff like that. I mean, they're more American sort of based, but. You get you get British versions of the same kind of. But thing. they do tell the facts, and uh, they they do have a serious side to them. That yeah, you can. Although I, had, I think John Oliver, the guy that does last week tonight, which I quite like, he has said multiple times that he doesn't think of himself as a journalist, despite winning awards on journalism. He said, yeah. "I'm not a journalist. This simply shows how bad actual journalists are doing at covering shit." Not those words, but roughly that. <clears throat> but then it's a similar kind of thing with politicians, isn't it? That people, a lot of people um, recognise that actually the best politicians are probably the ones that don't want to be and don't see themselves <laughs> it's like as politicians. It's like Guide to the Galaxy. The, what is it, president, uh, well not president, but the ruler of the galaxy, whatever the actual term is, should just be someone that doesn't want to be. Yeah. So it just end up being some hermit in a shack. Mm. Spoilers slightly. <laughs> it's the other thing as well as I was thinking, and you know, I mean, we kind of slag off politicians at the top and that, but I'm just trying to imagine what that job is actually like because it's not, it's not a question of making all the decisions that they make and doing all the negotiating they do and all the politics that goes on as in the, in a world as we know it because the world that they inhabit is obviously completely different to the one that we live in every day. Mm. Um, but it just seems like... It's disconnected from the real world for most people. Yeah, so it's kind of undermining democracy as a whole to have people that aren't actually connected to people whatsoever. Mm. Especially when their salaries are so fucking high. Yeah. Disproportionate to the... I think I said this in... Um... What was it? Uh, our Euro truck road trip. Politician salaries should be the same as the average income of their country. Yeah, that would... Uh... It would incentivize them actually upping that for their own benefit. Yeah. And yeah. for everyone's benefit. And surely as well, and would would also... that it would be much more beneficial to them to raise the income of the entire population by a pound rather than one person by a million pounds. Yeah. That means 65 extra million pounds there. Mm. And if you uh, go across all the MPs, which is like 650, 
then you do a bit of maths and you arrive at a thingy. <laughs> An extra £100,000 for each MP of a, a pound rise for everyone in the country. Mm. And that would be different because it would be average, not um, accumulative. Okay. I don't know anymore. In summary, politicians are a bit disconnected, I think. I mean, it's just the sort of shit that they say. It's like, you don't know... Have you ever lived like this at all? Have you ever even seen a poor person? Or do you just kick them off of Westminster, which I'm We can't all be like that. I mean, they're, they're, they're some, of, some of them must come from... You know, must have climbed the social ranks, if you like. And most of those are, in the Tory party, described as social climbers. Well, there's a difficulty with that. And in the, the Labour Party, you're just generally good MPs. There was, uh, there, there's, often record, there's often referred to something like the, the Eton Old Boys Club and yeah. Eton and Harrow are the two sort of big public schools. I mean... Um, that kind of tend not, to generate people who, who are probably going to find it a lot easier to get into politics. Not everyone from Eton are um, assholes. I mean, like, Eddie Redmayne from Eton. Yeah. And he's, as far as I can tell, a nice person. I don't really know him personally. You don't, you don't <laughs> really know him personally. You just pretend to. No. Uh, but I, I don't think he can be quite as bad as David Cameron and Boris Johnson. You don't know them personally either, though. No, but I'm aware of the things that they say, mm. and they sound like assholes. Do you think, in general, obviously people are different, but do you think, in general, politicians tend to be themselves in public, or do you think they're putting on an act? Oh, of course they're putting on a fucking act. Have you ever seen like politicians when they, they think the cameras are off? <laughs> well, I remember the thing with, uh, what was that, Golden Brown... When he thought the mic wasn't on, what Gordon Brown? Um, there was a thing. He got somebody just had a go at him in public, and uh, I'd just better check well, that it Scottish, was Gordon Brown. So um, um, it can't be good. <laughs> but what he says after someone's had a go at him? Oh, it, it is. Yeah, he was um, caught on microphone describing a pensioner he'd just spoken to as a bigoted woman. It was said to say that was a disaster, <laughs> but I mean a lot of that. Some of some of what what happened as a result of that, I'm sure, was spin. Because I'm sure I remember seeing him going up to her door to, to personally apologise to the woman. It's like yeah. the news cameras all happened to be there as well when he did that. You know, <laughs> so it's obviously not exactly how they behave in person. But they're still dicks whilst they're running the country, which is what their job is and what we vote for them for. So maybe they should be good in that field. Because like, if you see li- literally any interview, like they'll avoid the question to absolute... See, that, that to, to the, he, he basically said to her, very nice to meet you, very nice to meet you. And then he got in the car and said, that was a disaster. They should never have put me with that woman. Whose idea was that? It's just ridiculous. She's just a sort of bigoted woman that said she used to be Labour. I don't know why Sue brought her up towards me after he just said to her, very nice to meet you. Well, they kind of have to go, oh, yeah, this is a potential supporter. Let's be nice to them. 
Because then that gets them extra votes. I mean, they can't necessarily go to each person, so they have to get activists to do that sort of stuff. I mean, technically, it was a it was a bit of a kind of an invasion of privacy issue as well. With with at the time, it was should that should Sky News he, he was still wearing a Sky News microphone. Should they have been allowed to make that public because he he wasn't aware that he was still being recorded, and technically, it's against the law to record someone without their consent. Yeah, but I feel like public figures kind of that doesn't like, happen for that's, yeah that's the argument but how far does that go because then you get things like what happened with clinton um and whatever you might think of him as a president he yeah. basically i was a little unsure of um why she went on there because from what i understood it was just an affair and what he actually got done in for was perjury yeah and then left before he could actually be impeached uh, I'm not sure about the details of the end bit, but yeah, he got he basically because he categorically stated that he didn't have an affair with that woman. Yeah, and the famous <laughs> "I did not have sexual relationships with that woman." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't do an American accent very well, nor a Clinton one. <laughs> but I just wanted somebody but, to come out and say, "Look, we don't care." Yeah, it's are you going to lead in the country or not? <laughs> that's all that matters. I mean, like that's for him to deal with on his own, and it might say a little bit about his judgment. To yeah, I mean, I don't condone having that. an affair, but it's like it's got so all to do with. I suppose it's people question your integrity, yeah. then, don't they? But but I did hear a couple of people saying, "Oh, it was sexual assault or something." It's like, was it? I I don't remember. I thought anything. she gave him a blowjob. Yeah, I don't. Know. It might have been like. I mean, I don't. I suppose you can force promising that, certain things like promotions and stuff, which is bad because it's uh, think a form of coercion. Mm. It's definitely, um, I think, sexual harassment. But I mean, it's difficult to sort of work out how how much of this is based in reality because you see so much intrigue and stuff going on with a lot yeah, of the political so much... series that you see. It's like. For, you know, she could have been put there by his opposition to bring him down, you know. Yeah, but you don't you get into, like, ridiculous levels of... I know. ...of people I mean. just planting scandals everywhere. It's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you just get, like, sort of just... Do you mind? We're having a serious discussion here, and you just have to lower the tone. <laughs> That's what I think. Right. Shall we move on to something else? What? Because personality politics, I don't think, should govern democracy. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about democracy, aren't we? Yes. I don't Let's like this... Let's move on to uh, election what system. What are we on? First past the post? Yes, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> first past the post is extremely misleading as well, because there's not actually a post to pass, it's just most votes. It should actually be called plurality, because then it doesn't give the... Uh, wrong idea just by its name mm. plurality tends to be the name that I think most people I think like scholars and shit would refer to it is, that, is it not a similar kind of well not similar but is it not this the similar kind of problem with the political the, the electoral system that they've got in America that you can you can actually have more people vote for the loser mm, yes because mm. um we have constituent seats in the UK. Yeah. You could have uh, conservatives getting, let's say, 
a majority in 326 of them. That's a very narrow majority mm. from what I understand. What I was never sure on, though, was like with the, the idea of proportional representation where you take the, the votes of the country as a whole and then divide up the... Uh, how, how do you determine which constituencies get which party in their local... Uh, well, complete proportional representation isn't based on constituencies at all. It's based right. on national. Yeah. Uh, so, say, so you just have local councils then? Yeah, you probably still have that for local government. Mm. Uh, but say, um, I think in the last general election, it was like 40 or 39% voted for the Conservatives. Right. Uh, you can check that if you want. Uh, how Britain voted at the 2017 general election. Right. Here we go. Uh, percentage 36.9 lower than I actually four. Three and thirty seats. Seats won 317. Last election, 330 seats. Oh, I see. So they went down 13 seats. Percentage 42.4. Wait, last election they had a lower percentage, but more seats. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's how fucking <laughs> stupid it is. They did get the popular vote by slightly short of a million. So where did all the 42.4%. Because they gained 6% based on their percentage the last election. And Labour gained 10%. So somebody must have lost a lot. I'm going to open a calculator to see what that actually would be in seats. Because I'm a nerd. I can probably just do 6.5... Because I can't be bothered to do maths at this time of day. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're doing. Trying to calculate how many seats Theresa May would have under a proportional system. Although that's oh, not right, okay. taking into account the spoiler effect, which I'll get into with like uh, alternative vote. She should have, uh, if you rounded up, 276 seats. But depending on how others uh, went, maybe 275 seats. Yeah. Way shorter of a majority. Indeed. Than, I mean, they're still short of a majority now, I think. Uh, but it would be way closer between Labour and the Conservatives there. Mm. Labour should have 260. So only a difference of 15 seats under a proportional system. If you ignore like things like the spoiler effect. Which are important, so... Uh, What's the spoiler effect for those who don't know? Right. I shall pass over to a better explainer of these things, and then I'll uh, summarise it for uh, the viewers at home, or dear listeners. <laughs> have I told you about Jay Foreman and yeah, politics I'm boring? believe you have. Yes, I've heard the name, and it would have been from you. He does a series on that, and he talks about the spoiler effect and a bunch of stuff about politics and, like, different voting systems. Disgusting songs for revolting children. He's also, like, a musician that does children's music, but also just generally funny music. Mm. My favourite is Potato. (laughs) Why does Buckingham have no election? Because that's the speaker's seat. So does if you live in Buckingham, do you not get to vote, then? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, this seems a little odd. What is tactical voting? This will be it. 
summarize it then. Right. So in uh, first past the post, you vote for a lot of people will vote for a safe option just because they don't like the other party more. Because really, in some places, the party that you really want to get in really doesn't have a chance. Like I would probably vote green mm. if they had a chance anywhere, mm. but they really don't. They've yeah. only got a chance in Caroline Lucas's seat and probably will until she's not a politician anymore. As they might get a chance elsewhere, but it's very unlikely by lots of it. Which forces people to vote for either Labour or the Conservatives. And then some people are more likely to split because there's less, I think, smaller, more right-wing... It's kind of hard to say. But it ends up splitting the vote. So, uh, say somewhere where loads of people would like Liberal Democrats to get in, but thinking, well, they're a third party, maybe not even third party anymore, probably fourth. Mm. It comes down to, well, what side of centrism am I on? Do I go for Labour or Conservative? Now, some people will break that and go, well, I'm just going to vote how I actually feel, which is why you get people voting for uh, third parties. Yeah. Which isn't entirely pointless, but it doesn't have much of an impact on actual But the older I get and the more I I kind of become aware of the electoral system, the, the more likely I feel that I would vote for my second choice because they're more likely to... Present a challenge. Uh, Labour for me. Right. Although that's not static either, you know. Yeah. I I would say there's less of a gap between my first and second choice now than there used to be. Yeah. From what, yeah, because Labour's become more left wing with Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. Because before it was, uh, I think, the red conservatives would be what I would call it. Which is weird because I've always thought of myself as sort of centrist. Yeah. Um, so for a time, Liberal Democrats were were the left, <laughs> really. Were the main left, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. in 1997, when Tony Blair got in, that was what you needed to do to be right at that time. Not right in uh, actual policy, but mm. right in economics and social policy. Uh, right wing. So when was the last time we had an effectively leftist government then? Uh, possibly Harold Wilson. And how long ago was that? His government ended sometime in the 70s. Right. It uh, would have we... been the 70s because we had Thatcher. Mm. Uh, I remember like there being a lot of problems and then in we the had John Major. 70s with general strikes and stuff like that. Then you had New Labour which was just basically red conservatives, as I said. And now we have conservatives again. Yeah. So we probably haven't had a properly left government until, uh, well, since the 70s. Mm. Things, I mean, it's difficult because I was so young, but I do remember there being a lot of stuff about, like, rubbish piling up on the streets because there was general strikes and, the you know, the... The, the bin men weren't collecting rubbish and stuff. And before and, that, I believe Clement Attlee, who set up the NHS. Yeah. So some it's of the things, Still some of that left. <laughs> yeah. It's being... I mean, the Tories are gradually um, 
trying to privatize the NHS, I think. Mm. But the other voting systems are, which are much better. I mean, there's a huge amount of them, but I think most of them are much better. So I'll go through them in, uh, shall we go uh, favorite to least favorite as a proper vote? Okay. Right, so my favorite is single transferable vote. Right. Shall I explain that? I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a more I kind of know what it means, but it's a more proportional system that works in uh, constituencies. Yeah. Basically, what happens is you do the uh, numbering your candidates thing. I think that's the one that they do use for something in Scotland. No, they don't use single transferable vote in anywhere except Ireland and possibly somewhere right. else. We do a, a one two. We three use system. AV. All right. Okay. Alternative vote, which is the numbering system, but out of that only comes one uh, representative MP, whatever. Right, okay, so carry on. Which is less proportional of people that actually want that person in. Yeah. Carry on with your explanation of single transferable vote. So you would have, that could be uh, probably about three, maybe even five uh, representatives, uh, MPs per constituency. Right. So From different parties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, possibly. It could, you could have multiple people from the same party right. if there was enough people, which allows you to have multiple candidates from the same party getting multiple MPs in from that constituency, mm. but also while that actually being proportional yeah. and it not splitting the vote between two... Of, I mean, if you had uh, two Liberal Democrat uh, candidates on your ballot, mm. like you don't know that much about the two of them. Right. Unless you've researched them heavily, in which case you're going to get a split between Liberal Democrat voters going for one candidate and going for the other. Yeah. So in that system, you would say, oh, well, I'm going to go for Liberal Democrat candidate A with a one, and then I'm going to go for Liberal Democrat candidate B with a two, yeah. and then go for your safe option of Labour. Right. And Liberal Democrats might get in there, because it's a third party, if there's a three seats available, then they might get in. Yeah. Mm. So it makes it way more proportional, and it does mean that you have to have a coalition. Also, I should mention that these are usually way bigger constituencies. I was going to say, would that not result in a, a heap more um, MPs? Like, no, you're not going to get uh, more than a thousand people in the House of Commons. <laughs> you would probably merge most of the northeast into one constituency. Right. So it'd be more like regional voting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Which wouldn't be related. Presumably council areas would still, you know, they're unrelated. because yeah, so. that's more working on a local level. And they yeah. do have connections to parties, but they don't really vote on laws. They vote yeah. on individual, not even vote on, but uh, change individual things, um, micromanagement, I suppose. Yeah. Like putting more bins in parks. <laughs> Things that seem little and aren't exactly like, oh, this right. ruined so, the economy, but it's so like, what's the, it actually makes things run. What's the system that we have in Scotland for the Scottish MPs then? Uh, well, for all general election stuff, we still have first past the post. Yeah, but for the... For um, the council elections, I believe, we have AV. Right. Alternative vote, which is just numbering and one person comes out of each constituency or each council area, whatever. Yeah. And how do they determine uh, what what each number within your vote um, 
counts as. I mean, like, say I've put Liberal 1 and Labour 2. Would only one of those votes count, depending on what the rest well, of the results Well, the point were? is that that vote, your vote still counts because yeah. it goes to your second choice. If your first choice... Because uh, the way that it works is, so let's say everyone votes and it's a bit of a jumble. Mm. Uh, let's say the top person's got like 40%, Yeah, uh, which isn't that uncommon. Mm. It's less than a majority though, mm. which isn't proportional, which means in a first past the post system, 60% of the people would be unhappy. Yeah. So what, and then let's say like the second candidate has 20% and then you've got... Uh, Three other candidates, let's say. Two of them have got 15%, mm. and the last one has got 10%. Yeah. That checks out mathematically. So let's say the 10% one is UKIP. Yeah. And let's say the top one's Conservatives. Mm. Uh, but already, Conservatives are way over any quota if there's going to be three people. You need it to go down to 33%. So we yeah. can just chop off a big block of the Conservatives there. Right. You can chop off 7% of that. Right. And okay. give that to whatever those conservatives were. And you do have to slightly split it so you can actually get decimal votes. Right. Because all the voters there, it's not just that you pick out seven people mm. and then go, well, 7% of people of those votes, whatever. Um, and then give them out. You'd have to count them all up, count all the second choices, and divide it, whatever. So then uh, a third conservative voters remain that seven percent could go uh, a fair amount to ukip probably so they get boosted up to 17 percent mm. uh let's say uh the next party is green who had 15 percent, but slightly less than the liberal democrats this might not be exactly accurate to how this would actually work but because people can vote for their first choice there's a lot more people are voting green now in this constituency yeah so this 15 percent uh I would say that most Green voters are likely to go to Liberal Democrats or Labour. Mm -hmm. Possibly some to Conservatives, I don't really know. Uh, let's say 5% goes to Liberal Democrats mm. and the 10% goes to Labour. Okay, so now Labour's got 30% and Liberal Democrats have got 20%. Mm. Uh, so UKIP's remaining 17%, that can't actually be used on the Conservatives, so... They might, like, they might have just filled in all the options, like, gone up to five choices, or they might have just gone one, two, and then left the ballot. Mm. So some of those will end up becoming non-voters, which should yeah. be counted because it's a good measure of what's actually happening and how many people are actually happy with what the government's doing. Yeah. But since the Conservatives have reached their quota they don't need any more voters. Mm. Uh, so let's say eh, about 5% of them, and some of them have been carried over from the overbite of the Conservatives, I guess. Yeah. Overbite, whatever. So some of these are the Conservatives' second choice, which might be Liberal Democrats, so they get a big boost there. Mm. Uh, let's say that's 7%, and the remaining 10% go to abstaining. Uh, meaning that you've got 10% uh, abstaining, you've got 33% Conservative, 27% Labour, not 27% Labour, 25% uh, Labour, 27% Liberal Democrats, you've got Labour, Conservative, Democrats there. Mm. 
and that's way more proportional than just the Conservatives having that. Yeah, yeah. In that system, most people are happy. Yeah. There are only 10% of people that can be pissed off, mm. and that a lot of those would have voted for Conservatives anyway if they weren't so popular. So it doesn't punish people for voting for popular candidates either. Mm. My brain's fried now. Yeah. <laughs> there are way more. There's also mixed proportional representation. Right. Which uh, sort of works as a mixture of uh, local and national stuff. I think it's... CGP Grey will explain it way better than I can. And with helpful diagrams. So I shall pass over to him for this one. Uh, There's a way simpler version of looking at uh, that alternative vote or... I mean, you can't have single transferable vote in that case, but the alternative vote, how that actually makes sense in normal everyday life. I'll summarise it rather than watching the video because it's fairly easy to summarise. You've got, uh, let's say, five people, three of which are carnivores, two of which are vegetarians. Mm. Uh, so... The three carnivores want to go to a steakhouse. Yeah. And the vegetarians want to go to like a salad bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that case, the vegetarians will starve at the steakhouse. Yeah. For instance, they're not fucking happy. <laughs> mm. But if we go to people's second choice... So if they got their second choice, which would be Burger Barn, and I'm just reading off here, yeah, then more people are actually happy with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all five people can eat at the burger place because you've got veggie burgers and you've got. Just there is a burgers. there is a bit of a kind of an altruistic side to that as well. In that, if you're in a party of five people and you know that your favourite place is going to starve two of those people. It might not be your favourite place anymore because it's not. Yeah, but do you think for your people party? have that whilst actually voting? These are people's friends, but people aren't going to think of friends whilst they're voting. They might think of personal friends, but they might. They're not going to think about everyone in their constituency's troubles. People aren't generally that altruistic, unfortunately. Well, maybe not when you're talking about voting, but. In, <laughs> I mean, if you're going out to eat, in that example, yes, because we are kind people, I think. But you would get some people that are just like "fuck you," because they. Uh, be... It does throw up an interesting um, sort of humanitarian issue, though. In that, you know, would you? How many people would vote for the party that was best for them, even if it meant more people in right. the country would be unhappy? Mixed member proportional representation explained. I found it. Basically, you've got your uh, first-past-the-vote uh, post um, voting system for local elections, but then on top of that, you've got proportional representation where citizens actually get a second vote. So they get one for their local representative, but then they get one for just the party that they like, and that uh, goes proportionally to make uh, the... House of Commons, Jungle Council, whatever it is, as close to what people actually voted for as possible. But I suppose there's two different aspects to it, isn't there? It's like when you when you're voting in an in a general election, are you voting for a person or for a party? 
Some people will not really pay attention to the individual people. I, I, I personally would be more inclined to be looking at the politics because um, if I agree with a party's principles, then I would, um, by definition, trust them to make the right decision about their leader. Right. Um, so I suppose that's why I would think I would think of that mixed system as being still a compromise. The people themselves the- do make differences to it, but a lot less than what it really should be, I think. Mm. But whereas, for instance, if... They uh, are there to represent the interests of your community. As I think I've mentioned before, the Liberal Party is the only party that... Democrats. Yeah, sorry, Liberal Democrats. The only party that actually um, put the policies forward that their members vote for, rather than the... Um, sort of politicians that are, that, that run the party. Um, so in the so way it does seem more democratic to me. The most to direct democracy, which we yeah. should get on to. Yeah. Because I believe, do you know what direct democracy is? Uh, I don't know an official definition, but I kind of. Basically, if you had like many referendums mm. on all the votes in the House of Commons. Yeah. Which would be a bureaucracy. Democratic nightmare, I suppose. Well, Switzerland uses direct democracy. All oh, right, okay. I don't know how well actually. That actually you would think that, that that would be a lot simpler in uh, in the internet age, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then you can. It's very Open easy to, to hack as well. those things, yeah. which is why we shouldn't use digital voting because that's the fucking easiest thing to hack. Yeah. If you got pen and paper, it's easy enough to fake a couple of votes. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't change, like, the whole system. Yeah. Like, those, um, the electronic machines have um, USB ports mm. for, I think, trying to patch out security flaws, those sorts of things. Yeah. And also just generally, I think, taking the votes actually out of the thing. So it's very easy to just go in there with a fake pen drive that mm. looks like what it should be. Mm but then ends up actually being something that that person would want. So you can change all the votes with that, mm. which is why we use pen and paper. Yeah. It takes a lot longer to count, but it's a lot safer. We don't actually use pens because then you can change the ink on those and pretend that they're spoiled votes by making it disappear after a certain <laughs> length of time. Like We're really paranoid about that shit. We make sure that we use pencils because they're the least tamperable, if that's yeah. a word. Mm. Method now direct democracy in Switzerland. Oh, that that reminded me what the follow-up was that I was thinking about. Sorry. Would you like to go for it? Um, about the longevity of storage media. Um, right. I don't know if you remember. Um, we were comparing yeah. like sort of uh, sort of pen and paper to like digital and and looking at the thinking about how long they would last and stuff. I think longer. No, I I can't remember. I now can't remember where I read the article about it. On, but I suppose like you don't get. I mean, it's a little uh, early for that, but like you find ancient manuscripts now, and uh, I know, but a lot of them disintegrate. So well, the the thing is, data. The the, pro- the problem with it is the um, um the cost, because digital storage is an ongoing cost, and it's expensive. Um to store data and once it's 
deleted, you know, it's, it's kind of gone. But you've got to keep paying. Once once a book's written, it's it's pretty much there until the paper kind of disintegrates. Right. So, but you've got to keep paying for for storage to keep something in the digital. That was it. It was about film, um, film archiving, and that they've got all these. Um, like films on 35mm reels, like, you know, historical films that are well-preserved and kept. Um, and they're worried about, like, the kind of filmmaking that happens nowadays because, obviously, movie making, like Hollywood movies and that, take up vast amounts of storage space because they, you know, they're such high-resolution files and stuff, which costs a lot of money to, to keep. And... I mean, if you know, if you're a if you're a film studio, um, a production company, what if your production company goes bust? Who's who's responsible for paying to keep that well, data? Like, um, some of the Doctor Who episodes went missing. Well, that's because were... the yeah the BBC used to tape over stuff back then because it was too expensive to to sacrifice the tape. You know. Mm. Tape was really expensive, and it's a similar kind of thing now in that storage is expensive, and it's an ongoing cost. You know, it's. Um, but I think some of that was actually that uh, some of the stuff was stolen, which is why they started using Torchwood as an acronym, which is kind of ruined now. But at least they don't use that anymore. Mm. Um, so the way that Switzerland's uh, democracy works is that. All Swiss citizens over the age of 18, which we'll get on to, can vote on proposals, as far as I can tell. Uh, so, the Federal Council, which has seven people from uh, 26 cantons. Uh, maybe it's like a more of an assembly. Ah, yeah, the People's Assembly is um, more representative of the cantons, I believe. The Anti-PowerPoint Party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can get on board with that. I mean, it's little things. I mean, it says here that it can result in some bizarre um, outcomes, like uh, veto on building of minarets. What minarets? Mm. Um, they're like those little kind of dome type things that you get. You know, there's a what's that building in Moscow called? Um, with all the St. Basil's Cathedral? Yeah, minarets are like the little sort of... It's difficult. Look it up. Fine. It's difficult to explain. The like the onion bits. domes. Yeah, I don't think they're always onion domes, but the little pointy bits. I think you could just as easily call the little spiry bits on the, well, Disney Castle minarets as well. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, they've been uh, vetoed building them. Yeah. And a proposal for all cars to be banned from the roads on Sundays. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would make it very annoying to plan shit on Sundays, but... Yeah. Uh, You'd have to get a bus. Or walk. Mm. I, I would expect Switzerland would have a pretty good train system. Yeah, but then there must be a lot of places that are inaccessible by train... With the terrain. But uh, I think four referendums, up to four referendums a year, people's votes, popular votes, and 
the federal council made up of seven people decide what those are beforehand. Mm. Currently, all of those have been fixed until 2034. The dates. Won't be long until our video schedule's up to then. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. God, how old will I be then? Fucking, um... Um... Uh, when 36 31 30, 30, yeah sorry 31, 31 yes you're nearly right. as old as me now no <laughs> this has been really serious do you want to make some fart jokes while I look this up look what up Inter- I want to inject some, some fun into our okay let's have some Fun, wacky democracy times. <laughs> I mean, you could just look at world politics right now. Wait. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, quick. Other voting systems, now that I've explained that, will be way quicker. Go on then. So, proportional representation, just basically take a percentage of the national vote and put that to seats as close as possible to what the actual thing is. Yeah. Very simple, very proportional. Mm-hmm. Although it does still... No, it doesn't have the spoiler effect. Might actually be one of the best ones. But it doesn't have local representation, which is one of its main fall-downs, because it means that people in... Although there's a lot more people in London than the entirety of Scotland, they don't particularly care as much about the oil industry as some people would up here because it depends on people's livelihood up here. Mm. A, a fair amount of people's livelihood which has gone downhill in the past few so years. So what are you saying is that constituencies in the more sparsely populated areas would be much bigger? So your representative in your constituency wouldn't be as localised? No, That's in proportional representation, it's a representation of the entire nation. So oh, that, right, so then there's nobody allocated the constituencies at all? No. Right. That 42% from the Conservatives, everything would be on a party list like, yeah. that they put out ahead of time, with Theresa May probably case, being like, right at the top in case they get... like. In that case, I can see more sense in less that. Less than mixed, 1%. Mixed... Um, mixed member proportional representation. That one, yeah. I can see more sense in that because I can see the... I didn't realise that... Because I, I, with proportional representation, I always wondered how they allocated which MPs to which constituencies. There aren't any constituencies. Right. That makes more sense now, then. I mean, there might be uh, more regional things, like uh, Scotland having its own things. With, yeah. Uh, the Scottish Parliament. Mm. Uh, and Ireland and Wales, too. Possibly. I suppose that kind of makes sense, because you could you could see how difficult it would be if the majority of a particular party's um, MPs were vote. Were, a majority of a, p- a particular party's votes came from inner city areas. They're highly densely populated. So. Yeah, I mean, Labour's votes probably more come from city areas. Mm. Rural voters are more likely to vote Conservative. Yeah, I would have said except in Scotland, but then the last election happened. <laughs> but you'll find more uh, Labour voters concentrate around multicultural cities like London, yeah, Edinburgh, Manchester, Liverpool, York. Uh, not actually sure about York. Leeds, definitely. Yeah. Uh, even Glasgow, I think. Glasgow is sometimes a little bit weird with that. 
Although nowadays it's mostly SNP or now Conservatives with the last election. But <laughs> I think that was not entirely sure. It seems weird that because I think I think the SNP lost a lot of um, ground because of the whole prospect of another Scottish referendum thing, and people didn't like that. But I'm I am still quite surprised yeah. that so many went to the Conservatives, and I wonder well, whether or not some of that is more to do with carrying out Brexit. You know what's funny now? After Brexit, like, before Brexit, like, because of the Scottish referendum policy, I was like, this is going to be bad for Scotland in general, Mm. so let's just not vote for that thing. But now it's like, well, Westminster and English people aren't making the best decisions for... Well, what what, um, occurs to me, what occurs to me is that Whatever happens now with Brexit, I feel like there is no good outcome because the population is divided down the middle. Mm. What seems to me to be the case is now that if Scotland did leave the UK, at least we would be in a country which was um, a lot clearer in the way the majority feel. Mm. So it would be less divided. On a lot of issues, actually, because slight follow-up, I think it's and in some ways it would be better for England as well because England would be less divided. England and Wales. Would a be new less report by uh, Humanists UK believe now sixty percent of Scottish people are non-religious. Yeah, there's a there is a a big difference between Scotland and I say England. You kind of got to lump Wales in with the England, don't you? But yeah, because it's mostly the same legally. I mean, Northern Ireland's a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, Northern Ireland's <laughs> a bit of a mess. <laughs> to put it simply, I, I don't know if they have a proper parliament even now. Yeah. Uh, but there was a whole thing about different parties promising votes to other people, and uh, that kind of went all tits up. So all the other parties, there's like four main parties, Two of them just didn't get any well, seats, and now it's just Sinn Féin and DEP. I don't know much thing about organised I mean, politics, but that's my take on it. But it's a lot, I think, is a lot of what is going to happen in UK politics, I think, is just waiting at the moment to see what happens in the next six months, seven months. Mm. Um, because the outcome in March is nobody knows what the effects are going to be long term but we there's, there's nothing to react to yet all right predictions well there are things to react to now you know the pound dropping uh, yeah the fact yeah, that prospects aren't looking good from the way negotiations nothing, are nothing's, going nothing's set in stone or fixed yet once no. we get past the deadline day if you like what but you know, a lot of businesses have already day. pulled out yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the effects have already to pull been felt. Um, uh, even, I mean, like, uh, I take it you got the text I sent you about how much extra our holiday has cost. Yes, uh, we were having a discussion uh, yesterday morning. Yeah, I believe I didn't quite understand what you were asking me because we've booked different aspects of the holiday at different times. But if you take all the ingredients of our once in a lifetime trip, if you like and put them all together, and then assume that we had booked those before the referendum. It was uh, £1,500 to £3,000 extra. 
It's hard to get an exact estimate, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely definitely over two thousand pounds difference. A lot. And that's that's this holiday. I mean and, and, and I mean that's that's a keep lot in mind. simply because it's a once in a lifetime holiday and we're spending a lot of money on that's it. That's a but, lot. When you're talking big businesses, they're dealing in much bigger amounts of cash where that will make much more of a difference. Well, we already, I mean, was it Tenerife when we went there? Um, it was just a few months after the referendum. What percentage and of I the total know, cost of that holiday is? Uh, what percentage 20%. Is, 20% of that holiday is just the Brexit shit. Well, no. Extra it, Brexit shit. You can't, 20% extra. You can't directly link it, but that, that's the difference in the exchange rate. Roughly 120% extra. Not no, 20% extra, not 120% yeah, extra. You got 100% of what it actually costs, plus yeah. 20%. So 100% yeah. eat 20% of what we would be paying. Yeah, the pound has dropped 20% against the dollar since the referendum, basically. Right. Which in big businesses, if they're trading like billions, that's well, 200 million. I did notice one of the things, you know, that you, you referenced earlier on, you spoke about the no-deal plans. Um, one of the advice things that's on there is that, that um, credit card fees are going to go up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the banks are probably going to leave. Jobs are definitely going to be lost, left, right and centre. Mm. And it's, I saw... Well, can I e- EU to, to my... UK immigration is already... I want to go to my Twitter because Con- I Well, it, it's something. continuing to decline, which is not a surprise. Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's very helpful. Uh, are you logged into Twitter on here? Uh, yes. Uh, you follow me, right? Do I? Probably. That's not us, is it? We haven't got 55.2 million followers, no, have we? Twitter, you can Oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We've got 32 followers. <laughs> Considering as, we don't actually almost do as anything. much as YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we don't really do Twitter. We've got forty-four on YouTube now. Yeah, as it's, it's uh, slowly getting. It's back. being recorded. Here we go. Yeah, the last thing I retweeted was uh, Joe Morgan QC. Whatever QC. I'm sure means. that's Morm. But carry on. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, things Brexiteers say will cause social unrest. A democratic vote for Remain. And then, things Brexiteers say won't cause social unrest. Food shortages, job losses, medicine shortages, declining real incomes, forced cuts to public services, and greater risk of terror attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, whilst that is just preparing, like, that's a bit much well, is- to go, oh yeah, it's the... People's vote were taking back control despite losing control of most things. Yeah, I suppose what what's um, it's taking it a level further though that in that see I think there'll be social unrest whether we leave or not now because yeah. half of the population will be unhappy. I mean, it's but probably more swung. All of these things, now. all of these things like food shortages, job losses, and greater risk of terror attacks, all that sort of stuff, they would be secondary effects, if you like. Um, the social unrest would come from the effects rather than from the actual act itself. Do you know what I mean? Well, there would be economic unrest as well, which causes a lot of that. Yeah. And not having any trade deals, which causes a lot fucking more of that. Like food yeah. shortages and medicine shortages aren't just going to come out of people rioting. Yeah. That's going to come from us not actually being able to take in food because we're still shorting shit out. Shorting shit out? 
but we are stockpiling medicine and food right now. That's the stage that the UK is at. So it's just getting worse and worse at this point. There was a thing, I can't remember what, there was a butter mountain. A butter mountain. Yeah, and there was something else as well, uh, a wine lake. What was the butter mountain and the wine lake? That was something to do with Europe. Uh, I think it might have been in the 80s. Surplus, a supply surplus. Sorry Government for interventionism in, um, began in the 1970s. We haven't mentioned this, but the Orbiter's shirt might be slightly freaking out <laughs> the camera, so it might look a bit psychedelic if you're watching this and you're not a dear listener. Yeah, it was basically uh, government interventionism and the EEC. Basically, countries were making too much stuff. And that resulted in the common agricultural policy. By the look of it. Which I think is a pretty good thing. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot of different arguments from Brexiteers. Some of them are just not even worth thinking about for more than five seconds. Beyond just coming up with the immediate response of... What? Well, it depends on what your aim is. Oh, that fucking pissed me off. Um, It depends on what your aim is. Because you're not going to change anyone's mind by talking like that. Because um, if that's yeah, what you want to do, so <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not exactly trying to no. piss me off. On I think what's it called, Victoria something. Uh, on BBC Derby? Two, Victoria Derbyshire. Is that Derbyshire? Yeah, I think so. That that woman. <laughs> uh, she basically has like a talk show in the morning and they were talking about the second Brexit referendum and fucking I think it's Harris something Harris Lauren Harris don't know can't remember she headed up a uh, Brexit campaign mm. and she was saying uh, well they had this um, NHS doctor here saying um, I think I was watching that with you yeah because I was getting really irate about yeah. it because I was just going to go watch something funny for uh, 30 minutes over my cornflakes whatever <laughs> and then I just saw this and was like fuck you because <laughs> yeah. I can get drawn into that really easily uh, and uh, they had an NHS doctor on there saying um, uh, well, foreign nationals that are NHS staff are being ostracised by uh, patients and I think some other staff because of how this went. Because people think that that people being uninformed think that that now means that all the foreign nationals have to leave. So I don't know if it's actually guaranteed that they don't have to after. Stupid thing is though, it's like do they not do they not realise that there's nobody there to replace them? It's yeah. like what are you going to do? Like sort it's of- like. Oh well, uh, all well, these. We'll just leave you in a bed to die. All these then. foreigners coming over here taking British jobs. There's no fucking British people to fill them because they don't have money for university that you're charging for. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shouting. Yeah, but see, how do the foreigners though have the money for that? Because their governments actually give them no oh, tuition right. fees and let them. Yeah, but they. Oh right, they study in their own country and then come here to work. You mean? I mean, some people study over here and get grants and stuff. Yeah. But quite often they do have to pay for university. Yeah. Mm. Still, it's just that so many people are. I'm not sure what de- happens. I know uh, de-incentivized. I know you don't have to pay tuition fees in Scotland. Unincentivized, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. 
I'm not sure whether or not if I went, if you went to study in England, I, I think would the Scottish government pay your fees there? Uh, I can't remember, but I think it's if somebody who's, I, I mean, I think if they've been a resident in Scotland for five years and they get that thing. Yeah. But if they came over to Scotland, they wouldn't get free tuition fees. I think that's yeah, the case. Yeah. Because I think that's sort of like people thinking, oh, well, you're taking advantage of the system now. Yeah. The Scottish government's decided to use its money that has been given to put that in place, which gives it much better education uh, mm. landscape. Because education is one of the things that the Scottish government has power over. It doesn't have power over everything. No, I mean, they've I not been that successful with the schooling system, but I no, think further education... It changes every fucking year. Yeah. Uh, I think it was something uh, funny last year that was on the news, actually, where um, I think it was the higher exam uh, for maths that uh, professors looked at and said that this just wouldn't be anything that they would cover at this point. Oh, hi, Flaming Boy. (laughs) He, He was... or. Her. I mean, it says flaming boy, so I assume that means boy. <laughs> and and the other people here. Yeah. Um, Slow cool and they were on the Angel last stream, so it's good to have Apple bad apple. I mean, they're not saying anything, but that's okay. No. <laughs> we're not really either, so. No. <laughs> I've been actually. I think we were funnier last time. I've been very factual today. I know, it's been a bit boring, though. Well, I'm I mean, it's passionate. It's I'm not, passionate yeah, I know. I, I didn't mean it as an insult. You know your stuff, right. and you, you. I think you've proved the point that we've made several times that the younger generation are better politically informed. You have to be aware that that's mainly me and a few other people, like from people that I know that my you know. age. Yeah, yeah. Like my friend group, maybe there's. It makes a, me wonder though whether or not when I was at school whether there were a, whether there was a group then that but were better informed. If I went into a classroom with people of my age and just asked random people, "What do you think about this issue?" They wouldn't have a fucking clue. They'd be able to give things that there like, must have been people heard of my age that were and use some common sense. I mean, I obviously I was really tied up with, you know, I had my head in the clouds with music pretty much through my school career so but i think the last person i asked about politics that isn't in uh, the group that i hang around with uh didn't know who the prime minister was <laughs> of the uk yeah they didn't even know what the fucking flag looked well, like i was gonna say of yeah but she's first minister of scotland isn't she not prime minister and they probably know that because everyone fucking chants smp or whatever it annoyed me when uh, the Scottish referendum happened. People <laughs> just randomly chanting Alex Salmond. Ooh, he's been Alex implicated. Salmond, he's a cock. Yeah, he's been implicated in sexual uh, assault. Thing. Well, yeah, he's taken the he's Scottish been, government to court, though, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, once you've got multiple people uh, allegating you on that sort of stuff, I think it's like, yeah, I think they're he probably more he does protest too much. Anyway, uh, we had a brief uh, break there because... Uh, <laughs> Straight back into it. The camera ran out of um, battery uh, because these cameras don't last uh, long enough for us to talk bollocks for the amount of time that we do. Because we talk bollocks way too long. Yes. It's nearly 11. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those two handsome fellows. 
This is the last time you guys will be seeing me in Spectaculars. Oh yeah, by the time we uh, do our next podcast, he will have had it at, uh, at I sorted out. <laughs> yeah, they're going to slice open my, um, what do you call them, retinas? I doubt they're slicing open your retina. No, not retina. Lens. Cornea. Cornea. Slicing open the cornea and the sucking out... The retina's like right at the back of your eyes. Sucking out my lenses and replacing them with synthetic ones. I shall be... Um, what do you call it? Enhanced. Uh, synthetically enhanced. Be like having a boob job, but with your eyes. Yeah, but they're not going to be any... Like, they're going to be... <laughs> if I come back and my eyes are, like, sticking out, be like... Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> if your cornea was that big, then, like, you could probably punch it fairly easily. And you would, if you could. Yeah, and then your <laughs> eyes would just crumble into gel and fluid will run out of them. I feel like the people who will have seen the edited version of this will have noticed a distinct change in tone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were in the middle of talking about, I think, Swiss democracy or Butter Mountains or something. And like I was that. saying that it would all been very serious. Oh, and I accused you of being boring, but I didn't mean it as boring. And then meant... the camera ran out battery and we talked to stream people. And, and now the stream we... people are reliving all this again. And we talked about Saudi Arabia and Canada. Sometime. Sometime we need to just do a break in bollocks, which is literally just sitting and talking bollocks. It's not every time. Well, no, well, it it varies. Sometimes we're quite relaxed, but this I feel like this one's been quite serious because you are pal- you you are pal- poli- political about passion. You are passionate about politics. Yes. So it has been quite a serious. Why we should get on to the next thing, which is why I can't vote. It's fucking stupid. Well, you will be able to in Scottish something or others now, from next year. Was it on the recording uh, that you said that people my age are more politically knowledgeable? Will I have to go with that again? I think so. Yeah, so, like I said, some people aren't as knowledgeable. So what I would propose... Definitely the voting age just all around should be lowered down to 16. Maybe you should have to take an exam. Yes. To earn your vote. Not for people over 16, because then you get something else that I want to talk about. Epistocracy. Who are you? Who are you? Epistocracy. Who are the you? The power of people that know things. Yeah, epistles are letters, aren't they? Words don't make sense. <laughs> Do you expect words to make sense? No. I like the idea of epistocracy. Except it can't actually work because deciding... No, because you can only decide if you're pissed. No, epistocracy, no. Okay. You can only decide if you're epileptic. You can't decide (laughs) who actually has that knowledge impartially. Which means that if you had an exam, it would definitely be yeah, yeah. influenced by whoever set the exam. So, so how would you determine whether or not somebody could only people vote that other like, than by age? Then, well, uh, the system that I would propose is having sixteen and over. Mm. Uh, everyone gets to vote. Uh, there may be some special circumstances, uh, depending on how you feel about prisoners voting. I think prisoners should be able to vote. I do. 
because they're still human beings and voting should be a human well, right. Well, I, d- I think it's a very difficult... Um, and I, I think it's a very dangerous precedent to set to have a society where somebody who is on the wrong side of the ruling regime doesn't have their political viewpoint taken into account. Mm, yes, because then you could just arrest people that disagree with you and say, well, you're not allowed to vote anymore. I mean... In, in an extreme situation, yeah, yeah, but I mean, but demagogues do exist, and we're seeing whether, that whether in America, or not, whether or not you're comfortable, not maybe to that extent, whether or not you're comfortable with the idea or not, there are criminals, technically criminals, in prison who don't believe that what they have done is wrong, and yeah. whether or not they're wrong or right, they're still entitled to a political say, mm. because and there are some people that are wrongly convicted because our system's still there's that as well, yeah. We, and I think, we're not quite as bad with like plea bargaining as America, but we still have a lot. Of well, problems we're kind there. of getting onto the the, the we were saying about agreeing with the whole system of imprisoning people, um, or, or the jail system at least. Um, and I think lock, locking them away. Okay, it might, there might be safety issues with violent criminals and stuff, but it's almost like society's kind of hiding them from itself. It's like this is a problem that we've got. It's, do you know what I mean? It's like that member of the family that you never show anyone. The kind of... Um, who, me? <laughs> I don't know. It's difficult to describe, but it's kind of... You it's, can't... It's a part of society that most people don't like to think about. Criminals are a part of our society. Yeah. Uh, you can't just... In bend, our can't just music podcast, I referenced a song called Look at the Elephant, and in that contains quite a lot of controversial message, although I don't know how controversial the actual song was, because I don't know how popular a damble actually is with people that would make a big fuss about that sort of thing. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the lines I think was, uh, pedophiles are people too. Hmm. They haven't actually broken the law unless that's they a hugely emotive se- subject. Unless they actually have sex with children, if they just don't actually act on their sexuality, then. But that's one of those subjects that's hugely emotive, and one of the things that media have. Uh, what would you call still human beings? Yeah, and and I'm sure there are plenty of people around who would say, well, they shouldn't be. They should be. I mean, I'm sure there are people around who would advocate the death sentence for pedophiles. Oh, yeah, there's fucking tons of them. Like, you'll find pretty reasonable people arguing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such an emotive thing, and people see it as... But there is always a grey area. I mean, what do you do in a situation where you've got, say, uh, an 18-year-old who sleeps with a 14-year-old? Or probably more applicable for my age group... uh, Probably in a year or so, you are going to get some people in my year who have sex. There's probably people that have already had sex, but uh, it's it's slightly a grey area between people uh, uh, between the ages of 13 and 16 in the UK. They can sort of kind of had sex without being in a grey area. But technically, they should be put on the sex offenders register and but that lasts for life. It's next legally, that's... year, a lot of my year will be turning 16 and some of them will be in sexual relationships with other people in my year and those people that they're in sexual relationships might still be 15 when they have mm. sex. 
So those people then would be, by definition, paedophiles, and if they got caught, would be put I on sex offenders. I think it's too register. too wide ranging a term because you you're then lumping people into the same category. People who are maybe unwise to do what they do. Yeah, um, you're lumping in people with that make people a, who kill babies. You know, not necessarily kill, but um, no, but they. Well, yeah, again, I suppose that's a generalisation as well because then you're conflating murder murderers with paedophiles, which are not the same thing. No. Um, and there are different subsections of. Um, I don't know how many necrophilic paedophiles you get, but I wouldn't like to think about that, to be honest. No. But then you get things like, is it hebeophiles? Are they? Hebeophiles. Yeah, I think they're more specifically attracted to people in the age range of going through puberty. Right. Which is like a subsection, but people would put them in with... What's the thing with priests being so fucking... What, what, there seems to be a higher percentage of priests. Either that or the media just cover it a lot But anyway, that video you were referring to does... Um, song. Yeah, the song, the video of the song. <laughs> um, does reference something which I have um, come across before, which is people who see that as a different um, sexuality rather than... Um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's it criminal. Is, it is criminal, but then homosexuality was criminal once. But in that case, men having sex with other men can give consent, so it's still wrong. But legally, were they classed as being able to give consent then when it was a criminal act? I mean, you're given no. consent to a criminal act then. But I don't think most children have the mental capacity to give uh, consent for sex, but that's when you come into what do you define as a child? Because there yeah. are, I think, and then there you are people get into my age range, which yeah. is between thirteen and sixteen. That's a bit sort of like some people might be ready for that. Some people, yeah, are still everyone's different. I mean, I to know, that immature level when they're in their twenties. Yeah, I know people who, at the age of fourteen or fifteen, are more mature than people I know who are in their fifties. You know, it's am like, I one of them? Um. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Like mentally. I'm yeah. a responsible person. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, I can think... M- mature, uh, you're conflating maturity. maturity with responsibility. <laughs> anyway. I'm responsible now. What has any of this to do with democracy? Not a great... Well, actually, it does have something to do with democracy because I didn't finish how I thought people should be allowed to vote, how that should be decided. Maybe so, we should have a vote on it. No, that would be stupid. Well, we did, actually. Yeah, but then people that are younger don't get to vote on it, so it doesn't make any sense in the first place. Oh, no, I mean, we had a vote on what the voting system should be, didn't we? But it wasn't... Yeah. It w- Fair. <laughs> that sort of vote would be like if, in the civil rights movement, they let white people uh, vote for if... What was that thing? I don't know. What was that thing? That was just me leaving my sound and it was um, somebody adding photos on Facebook. Right. <laughs> you maybe should turn notifications off before we fucking record. Well, I did, but I accidentally turned them back on when I was trying to set up the Wi-Fi resetting the GoPro. Oh, <laughs> Incompetent. <laughs> I'm the one that set all this fucking stuff up. Sorry, yeah, but you're, I didn't mean to get you, irate. You have a competency. 
I have who what? Incompetencies. You have certain little... I'm just a bit stuff. harebrained. <laughs> just yeah, a bit yeah well, so much hair and you'd bound to I'm an artist. <laughs> Maybe you should cut it and you'd be less harebrained. Yeah, I got I got the joke the first time I was trying to gloss over it because <laughs> shit. You dick. It's funny, though. No, it's not. Am I not laughing? To, well, not to you, obviously, because you're... Because no, I've, I've had all this shit before. It... It berates you, but... Anyway, the system that I was proposing... Do I look like I care? You shouldn't get people that are over 18 to vote on whether people under 18 get to vote, because that would not... That would make as much sense as... Or have long hair. Having white people voting on whether black people should get rights during the civil rights movement. So how do you break that barrier? Because if they don't have a vote to vote with... Well, get vote? fucking politicians to just make it up and actually represent the country. <laughs> I mean, people will vote for those politicians in the first place. So, but the politicians in a democracy are trying to represent the people. And with a conservative government, they're not gonna because people my age are way less likely to vote conservative. Yeah, there's so, no reason for that. <laughs> if they. Um, let people that are under 18, even just over 16, uh, vote, then a lot more people are voting for their opposition. Mm. Which could completely swing it to Labour. Because there's just so many young people mm. now get out and vote. Yeah. That turned around the 2017 general election. Yeah. To a point where we now have a hung parliament. Mm. Although with like DUP slightly doing confidence and supply, which is slightly illegal, but you know, <laughs> you know, Good Friday Agreement doesn't matter when you've got um, terrorist marks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun and game. Anyway, so people below sixteen, because there are like some people my age don't know the first thing about politics, they wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between. Um, conservatism and socialism. So, yeah, carry on. Uh, so, th- there should be a test. Now, this test shouldn't be based on some pre-mandated set quota for this many points of understanding of p- politics. Mm. It should be uh, set by a sort of average of the public. Right. That are over the responsible age. Right. So some of them are actually going to be irresponsible. So you'll get. A, so the test would actually be taken by the entire population, but the, um, say, anyone who's of any age that yeah. scores over the fifty percent mark. I mean, you could be five years old and technically. Well, not the fifty percent mark. Scores over the kind of average. Yeah. Mark of the population, even if they're three should get a vote. Yeah, I mean, if if a three-year-old can understand the difference between socialism and conservatism, then good for them, though, genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, it, like, the child can decide, or their parents can decide, uh, depending on the age. The child should be able to decide for themselves, which I'm pro-people deciding shit for themselves. So you don't agree with the Australian model of... Um Compulsory voting, then? Uh, yeah, um, uh, that's a bit... I'm not 
decided on that. Yeah. Perhaps compulsory voting for those over 16. But then, like, the... T- <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if in that system, you can still spoil your vote. Yeah. You are allowed to do that, so... All you have to do is pass the test if you're under 16. Yeah. Once you reach 16, you're allowed to vote anyway. Because mm. you're deemed responsible. Although many people way over 18 are not responsible. <laughs> As I feel like you're looking at me. You're responsible <laughs> enough. Am I? I mean... I kind of, but more now than I used to be. But Yeah, but you know... Having kids does that to you. You are <laughs> politically knowledgeable, more than the general populace at least. Do you think? Well, I think it depends on who you mix with. Yeah. I mean, if I go down to, uh, I don't know, Morrison's in town, in Aberdeen, it's really difficult not to sound snobby, but, you know, you, there's you, if there's a lot of chavs. <laughs> And I just kind of, but that's that is snobby because it's like, well, just because you're of a particular characteristic in the population doesn't mean you're not politically aware. You know, just because yeah. you you look like you take drugs I all mean, the time and go around in a tracksuit, and this may be a bit uh, personal, but from a monetary, from like a financial standpoint, we would be. At most, upper working class. Who us? Yeah. We are not at all middle class. Oh, yeah, at most, upper working class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. At most. Well, it's, <laughs> but if, if I would say that... In in, in economic sense. We yeah. probably act, or at least I act, uh, more middle class. I think... Um, Especially with my accent. I think the class system's a lot a lot less rigid than it used to be. Yeah, which is good. I mean, the inequality's going down, although it's slightly going up as well. Well, it's more economic inequality now as opposed to... Because knowledge is more accessible now. Yeah. Working true. class people can get knowledge from the internet. You don't need that much money to have an internet connection. Mm. I mean, you do need some money, but... Well, it is, it is um, classed as a basic human right now. Yeah. So... So I can get this information from the internet, which I do often, mm. more than like if there's uh, some middle-class pensioners that don't actually know how to use the internet, they probably have less information. And actually, you've touched on a good point there, which is very relevant to, to the wider definition of democracy, actually, because we're talking about political systems and voting Power systems. Power to actual people, not but just the... democratization of... Everything is pretty much the internet's yes. biggest legacy, isn't it? Now, I want to talk about something quickly. Democratisation of the workforce. R- right now, if you go into an office job, especially as like at lower level, management can throw you about like confetti. Yeah. Like, there's constantly people wanting jobs. Mm. So, like... You don't matter to management that much. If you screw up too much, then they'll just go like, eh. Yeah, you've got to be good at your job. You've got to make your value known. You've got to, yeah, you know. and it can just be simple redundancies. You could, you might not actually done anything wrong. It's just that the company can't afford to hire you anymore. Yeah. Or well, they've got see, better automation systems. When I was a manager at, um, when I was working at the cinema, um, 
the guy that, that was the boss of the manager of the actual branch, he was a really good bloke. Um, he he wasn't advocating this particular approach, but he did warn me that because I I wasn't what they call a yes man, right. um, and he did warn me that the company didn't like that. If you're not a yes man, the company won't, you know, you won't get anywhere with them. Mm. So you know, they, I think that's a sign of a good company though, is if they value their employees' input. And don't just want them to conform, but that's society in general, isn't it? So you should have, to an extent, a democratization of the workforce, where the workers can actually vote for who they think is a better boss. If their boss is an absolute cockhead and doesn't actually boost anything, is actually lowering productivity because nobody likes them and mm. they're all disorganised because everyone's just too busy being pissed at them. That is a very socialist attitude, though. Yes, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, it's a, but it, it, so the extra step along. I'm not saying that it's not a good thing. I'm just saying it doesn't really work in the privatised world of business. Why not? Because you've got shareholders who um, management are accountable to... I mean, I, to, I would to create say profit for them partially. Basically. So, like um, individual branches of a place would be able to say, "Well, actually, I think this manager would be best mm. because that possibly even." But shit always a- rolls downhill. Is the thing it, like whoever gets put in place at a local branch as the manager there still has to take direction from higher up the company, from the you know the the, the directors, if you like who are accountable to the shareholders for, for, for making profit. Yes, but it's and that's what to realise that some people can manage that sort of thing better and still treat employees well, yeah, yeah. despite having those... Uh, oh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think the question that's really um, at point there is whether or not capitalism is a good thing. I think it will it become works. obsolete at a time. Yeah. I think it's that socialism should become the next step uh, from capitalism, just like capitalism was a step up from feudalism. Capitalism was way better for the people than feudalism because feudalism yeah, was like yeah. the aristocracy and they really got stuff. Capitalism allowed uh, just people that, well, got lucky mostly, but worked hard enough i guess in a lot of circumstances see that's an interesting thing because and got lucky hearing that is is but uh, it's better than just it having is encur- it decided from birth is encouraging to me because it's thinking hearing that from you um introduces me to a concept that that is quite alien to somebody who was born in the 70s because you're seeing socialism as uh, an evolutionary step in the political and then that should but let me finish. But for me, um, that, that that is good, and I, and I like that idea, um, but it, it's not what I was yeah. taught. The reason that socialism failed in the 20th century is because the 20th century just wasn't equipped for socialism. Socialism works much better in an automated society where resources are less scarce, I think. Right. So that eventually... Uh, transitions into a post-scarcity com- uh, economy where we can have communism. 
So I see. I grew up, which my, is a Star Trek kind of society. My form, my formative years were very well. I lived through the Thatcher regime, and <laughs> that that um, atmosphere <clears throat> treated socialism as um, antiquated because yeah. there was still uh, the Soviet Union then. Yeah, yeah. Which was a big red scare. We're yeah, gonna all yeah. kill you all. But people just don't seem to realise that doesn't necessarily equate to socialism being bad. It equates to the USSR's uh, version of socialism, which isn't really even socialism at that point. No, I, I thought they were communists, but well, not they didn't not even... in the strictest sense. They uh, they were labelled communist by yeah. the West. They were trying to become communist, but mm. in the name, it actually is uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Yeah, that might be slightly in the wrong direction, but Soviets are actually um, like organisations of workers. Yeah. So the idea, it just they just didn't succeed, basically. Yeah. But there's plenty of instances of capitalism killing people. Yeah. I mean, America... Well, we just had one of our... Yeah. People sell weapons to each other, fueling war. For money. For money. Yeah. Just chasing little pieces of paper that are meaningless if you actually strip that idea. Which is capitalising on death. I I believe it's... um, (laughs) Money's sort of a currency in general, sort of a Tinkerbell thing. I can't remember what the exact term is, but it's something that doesn't actually exist if you don't believe in it. If no yeah. one believes in money existing, then it means nothing. Mm. Well, it doesn't actually exist. When you See, I remember that when I was a kid, my brother used to say to me um, about money not existing. He said, because he used to say, if you look at a... a Pound note, as it was back then. You have pound notes? You don't tell me you've never heard of pound notes. I've never heard of pound notes. Jesus Christ. That sounds American. Like they have one dollar bills. Yeah. Well, we used to have pound notes. Coins. Yeah. It should be coins. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but Actually, notes were are way better. They were green. Um, they were green. They don't cost as but much But anyway, it was the same. I don't know if it's the same on Scottish notes, actually, but on English notes, um, it, said, it actually says on it, if you read it, I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of £5, £10 or whatever. So the actual note itself isn't actually worth anything. It's just a promise. Yeah, it's like an <laughs> IOU. So what do you do... <laughs> What do you do if that person comes up and says, right, I demand that you pay me that that sum of £5? It's like, well, where is it? What do you make the £5 out of? But then the paper itself become actual (laughs) tender. Yeah. We've gotten on to money. It's an abstract concept. I think we should be winding up. No, one last thing. Make it the last, because we're nearly at two and a half hours. And then I want to hear your thoughts on all the things that I've been suggesting because they've been a bit, um, they're a bit radical to some people. Yeah. And you've given little thoughts, but most of the time you've just been taking in information, I feel, which is good. <laughs> it means I can actually uh, speak without you interrupting me every five seconds like last time or the time before. I was listening to a podcast with us and, um, I was just. Like, I never interrupt. Why do what you, are you keep about? fucking interrupting me? I was. I was drinking at that one. That was music, wasn't it? That pissed me off. And also, 
I started listening to Eurotruck Simulator in the background of doing some work. Yeah. And it just fucking disrupted my brain. Why? Because <laughs> we kept going just, um, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. And you just kept interrupting me. And it was just so clusterfuck. I mean, it, it was fun. But it's difficult to work to when it uh, confuses my brain what's actually going on sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, it was fine. It was just... <laughs> anyway, I want to get uh, epistocracy versus democracy up here. I think what it is, you're the same as me in some senses, that once you get a train of thought going and you want to vocalise something, you've kind of no, got to get it out. didn't mean aristocracy versus democracy. Uh, I believe it was Washington Post or The Guardian. We'll go with Washington Post. I'm going to... I'm going to have to say we need to wind up soon because I've got a long... Oh, fuck off. Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to uh, Washington Post. I've got a long weekend of work and I want to oh, have time to have a couple of beers tonight before I go to bed. <laughs> Here we go. Why replacing politicians with their experts is a reckless idea. It was opinion piece, I believe. Or the long read. Anyway. Fine privacy policy. Okay, so this is... I shall read the opening paragraph. After that, I think it's a bit plagiarising. Democracy is tired, vindictive, self-deceiving, paranoid, clumsy, and frequently ineffectual. Much of the time, it's living on past glories. The sorry state of affairs reflects what we have become, but current democracy is not who we are. It's just a system of government which we built and which we could replace. So why don't we replace it with something better? Now, epistocracy, I believe, is uh, basically putting people that know shit in charge, experts. I think at least uh, politicians should have to go to university before they uh, actually get to go to the House of Commons, because although then that stops in England where you do have tuition fees. That you kind of have to define what it is you expect people to know Yeah, as well. It's kind of fucked. I think there's a phrase about it being... Um, uh, there was something, a democracy quote. I mean, you can quite you can quite easily see how some of the poorer classes might feel underrepresented if so-called political experts um, who know what they're doing are in charge but don't have any experience of their... Lives, if you like. <laughs> that see that one leapt out at me there. I wouldn't think of myself as a Marxist, but I don't actually know what Marxism is. Yeah, I mean it's so distorted. The uh, quote by Karl Marx: "Democracy is a road to socialism." I mean, I'm just looking at images for democracy just, quotes, so that could be that an says answer. democracy is the road to socialism. I just wanted to. Yeah, that's what I literally just said. I know, but you, I, I couldn't tell what you said, and I, and I'm reading it. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, Winston Churchill quote it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government except all the others that have been tried yeah so what was it you were wanting to ask me about what we've been discussing well first of all we discussed a few of the different uh, voting systems I will tell you just a few more quickly that are very simple there's single <laughs> non-transferable vote which is uh 
basically just the top three get picked out and get to become representatives of that constituency. And uh, I think that's it. So you got first past the post, which we use, mm. just whoever gets the most votes. Uh, single transferable vote, do you remember how that works? Yes. Don't to vote, which is just choices from one such uh, a candidate, whatever, getting out of that constituency. Um, mixed member proportional representation. Mm. Proportional representation. I think that's it. Right. So, which which of those do you like the best? Um. Well, I have to say I probably learned something today because before today I would have said proportional representation. Mm. But... Having seen the different systems, I th- my favourite of those that, that have come up have been the mixed member one. Right. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, again, I don't know if it's necessarily the best possible. It's possibly just that it, it's, under, it's understandable um, to a... Because it does get quickly get very mathematical when you're talking about some of those systems, and then people tend to switch off um, because they don't understand. And if people don't understand how the system works, then how do they vote within it? See, that's the other thing. I mean, we're talking about tactical voting, the way people vote now. I feel like I've always so far voted with my conscience, regardless of whether the party I'm voting for stands a chance of getting in in my constituency. Right. Um, Somebody just said, hey, in the chat, hello. Hey. We're going to be wrapping up fairly soon, but we will have a small chat uh, not recording. We are actually live, yes. we are actually live. Yeah, we're... (laughs) We will be live streaming the recordings of our podcasts. uh, Actually... Thank you for always watching us. I mean, people watching the recording, like nearly every... Oh, that that feels nice. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Oh, I feel... (laughs) You feel loved. That says a lot for me, doesn't it? I feel like we have fans (laughs) that are dickheads. (laughs) How do you know they're not a dickhead, though? Well, they're being No offence. I'm looking at the wrong camera. They're not yeah, saying they're nice. fucking nice. hashtag manga high. They're your friends you're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we should stick around now. Oh, we got some bits. Bits? Do you know what bits are? They convert into actual currency. I think they do, yeah. That's basically a we're, small we're donation. We're totally, totally new at this, so thank yeah. you. Very much. <laughs> that that means a lot, like our first actual donation. <laughs> so far, we've been... Um, we're basically using Top our Amazon Prime, Prime, aren't we, to, yeah. to subscribe to ourselves. But <laughs> You can get bits by actually watching adverts. Can you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, like, uh, I think a bit an advert, something like that. Mm. So then you can just sort of go, well, I've been watching these adverts... I think people do get generally a little bit of ad revenue anyway, but you can just give a little bit extra. Ah. Because Well it's very much appreciated. Thank you. Um I don't know what I don't know whether something comes up on the screen or not when they do that. There are things you can set up yeah. with your bot, your it stream says elements. Cheers bot. here. 
Uh, what, what? At the top of the chat, it says the cheers. Yeah, I know, but on the, I've noticed some streamers... like One on bit equals screen. one P, so we just got donated 50p. Thank you. Ace. Oh, no, that's that's more... Th- you are our top <laughs> donator. It's yeah. very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, other than merch, that's actually our second biggest form of income. And that was a friend of yours. Yeah, but they actually needed a new bag so we we feel we feel energized to carry on now yay we'll we'll (laughs) we're we're selling ourselves out i feel like a prostitute (laughs) no it's it's different though because it it feels like a little bit of a i'm not sure you'd enjoy the ones around here much i wasn't talking about that but okay wait how do you how do you know that I said I'm not sure. I said I didn't say I know. <laughs> I said I'm not sure. I'm fucking telling star stuff about that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know what you like when drunk. I know what you're like when drunk as well. Yeah, but when you've had more than you have uh, when you're around me, uh, you might make some poorer decisions. <laughs> Do you think? I don't know. And do you think if I was in that state, I would be able to carry them out, those decisions? Probably not. You'd probably miss the whole... (laughs) This is not really democracy-type stuff, is it? No. Oh, we've got a host as well. That's two hosters we've got now. (laughs) Well, actually three, because there was somebody else that... We got viruses. (laughs) Yeah. I keep saying we should do this more often. I think the podcasts are fine to do this sort of thing with because it works yeah, yeah, in yeah. that format. Anyway, uh, and what do you think about my system of how we should decide who actually gets to vote? Quickly, compulsory voting. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm undecided on that one as well, actually. Because it does mean that all the uninformed people go out and vote, but uninformed people already go out and vote and perhaps people that are vocally that are actually misinformed and go out and go oh this is horrible let's go do this thing despite that being not based on facts might go out and vote because they're outraged at something that doesn't exist yeah 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 no i don't i don't think i do agree with compulsory voting but right yeah it's kind of a I mean, I'd rather that uh, elections were seen as something more as a sort of, well, you've got this right, use it Mm. sort of thing. I mean, I think they have uh, election parties in Australia because it is a mandatory thing. I I would like it to be, and also people being educated on this sort of stuff because I think I have had some education on politics, like actually in school, but like basically just being told, I'll oh, just read the manifesto by a pretty good teacher on that sort of stuff, mm. which I don't think would be actually part of the curriculum. And I think we had a debate on Scottish independence yeah. in P7, primary seven, age 11, I believe. And I think in modern studies, we've had some stuff on current political parties, vaguely, uh, but uh, and also just a few uh, 
uh, I, ideas I, about what's going on in the world. I, I know one of your teachers. I've got him on Facebook, not through the school, because I know him from outside school, and uh, and he's always posting stuff about... Um, he's very anti-Brexit. Very anti-Brexit. Right. I will ask you after yes, uh, we probably. Uh, record, because that would be better. Uh, okay, so... Did you say the name of this person that's uh, donated? Savage Rat Twenty Six. Shout yes. out to you! Thank you very much. You will be in yeah. the recording. Um, this uh, is the this is the second time we've done our podcast recording live. We were just testing it, um, which is why this last is the time week, that we announced time. it. But I did put it up on Facebook about an hour and a half before. But I'll probably do it. I'll, just so that people could get on, but I might put it up a bit sort of nearer to when we're about to start next time. You're you're the Twitter guy though, so we should t- tweet it out. No, talk I don't away. Have... I think we're pretty much. We should wind up the actual podcast bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about uh, democracy for a bit, and then we'll wind up the podcast and just talk to the chat and patrons. Anyway, uh, so anything, any thoughts to add? Because we should really be wrapping up by now. I believe this is the longest recording. Um, just, I just think it's just going to, I've said it so many times recently, but I just think the next six or seven months are going to be damned interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think well, if, if you're into ongoing. politics, this is the most exciting time right now, but it's fucking terrifying at the same time. Yeah. yeah. If you actually live in that system. If you are outside... But it's a bit worrying because it's, like it's a bit like a real-life soap opera. Yeah. You know, people people really enjoy EastEnders and Coronation Street when people are getting murdered or, or having accidents or getting divorced or whatever. It's boring when you get the everyday safe stuff. I saw the And I hope that the media aren't taking advantage of that this public thirst maybe slightly personality politics drama. but i saw the most disturbing thing i've ever seen in my life today uh ver- as photoshop trump without the spray tan sorry a photoshop trump all without right spray okay. tan. oh why are we looking at trump without a spray tan it's genuinely horrific what is it <laughs> <laughs> it's donald trump without spray tan there have been more horrific areas where he's just had, like, red around his eyes. Mm-hmm. And looked a bit like uh, Dracula. Yeah. Anyway, that's slightly off topic. Shall we end it? <laughs> yeah, we're about to finish the podcast recording. But... In summary, people can be stupid, but we should still let them vote. And actually have a proportional system, possibly with local bits. Oh, sorry, I thought you were reading somebody else's quote there. Was that you? No, that was me. That was you. I, I can have you're original gonna, thoughts. You're going to be a Facebook meme, aren't you? Am I? Yeah, you, you'll have your photo on one of these cards and... <laughs> that that will make... That's on my bucket list, actually. I'll say, wow, that got deep. No, please make my quote <laughs> something of substance. Not like cunt trumpet, then, like the last... Cunt Trump. Cunt's a Trump. Trump's a cunt. Cunt's a Trump. I feel like... I feel like, Trump. I feel like some potential viewers wouldn't like our bad language, but then fuck them. They're all cunts anyway. <laughs> right. Nah. So, I mean, it's just words. Anyway. Oh, Jesus, that was a long podcast.
Yes. Is that going after the end? No, we haven't actually done the fucking outro yet. Yeah, I don't want to make it more complicated for myself. I have to chop bits out and move them. I've been Fireball. I've been The Orbiter. This has been way too long a podcast. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. We'd really appreciate if you support us on various things, obviously subscribing on YouTube, Twitch, following us on Twitter or Facebook. We have a Discord server that you can join and talk to us and other people, and a website where you can check out blog posts. And obviously this isn't free for us to run, so if you'd like to support us financially, we have a Patreon page where you can donate monthly and get subscriber rewards. We also have a Stream Elements tipping page where you can make one-off donations. The links are all in the description. Farewell. See you next time. And then it goes... I want a bear. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.